Hello, everyone. Welcome in. It's All Pro Lines, the podcast, comedy, football talk. That's what we do here. Uh, I'm Kostaki Economopoulos, your host. Chris Bowers, friend of the podcast. One comic will be in here in a few. Uh, we're happy you're with us. It's a playoff edition. We had a, we had, we had playoff fun this week. It was nice. Uh, if you... Uh, oops, I'm a little... All right, okay. If you, uh, if you like the, the Packers and the Lions and the Texans and some other teams, you had a great weekend. And if you hate the Cowboys, I'm, you might have, wow, might've been the best. It's like Christmas morning. We, it was, it was a lot for, for me, for my schadenfreude, there was a lot going on this week. We, we got rid of uh, Nick Saban. We got rid of Bill Belichick. The Cowboys lost. Uh, it was pretty sweet for a, for a guy rooting for a team that's not in the playoffs. Um, so uh, a lot to lot to report, a lot to cover, a lot to discuss. Uh, I would like to discuss briefly. Not to, I don't want to give this too much attention, but just briefly, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the zeal that people have for Aaron Rodgers, and also the uh, the underworld that believes that Jimmy Kimmel is a pedophile. I didn't know either one of these things. I didn't know anyone really cared about Aaron Rodgers. I mean, I, 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 I'm not completely tone deaf. I get that. I get that Aaron has a little Joe Rogan ish sort of appeal to him because he's going against the, the stream on a couple of the key subjects that have become divisive. Uh, but I didn't realize until I posted a couple of Aaron Rodgers memes that people really are rabidly supportive of Aaron Rodgers. That I had no idea. And further, I didn't know that uh, people are 100% sure that Jimmy Kimmel is a pedophile. I guess there's a swirling, uh, gigantic, widespread internet group who believe that this is true and there's a there's other extensive parts to this i did i only went down part of the rabbit hole and then i stopped uh apparently there's a very strong uh feeling amongst some that uh pedophilia is rampant in hollywood and there's a wide open trafficking scene and jimmy kimmel is a part of it and as far as i can tell none of this has based on any truth at all uh, but man, it's there and it's solid in it. People, they want to weigh in when you make a joke about, uh, Rogers or Kimball. I didn't, I really, I literally didn't know that this was happening. I didn't anticipate that. I didn't see either of the jokes as political or partisan or divisive, but I posted a couple of memes and man, it went bananas and mean spirited and angry and partisan and name calling and pedophile. I mean, and I was, I was in there because I had a conversation with a friend of mine, and I feel like it is important to have a voice in the public square. And the public square in the modern world is on Facebook. I mean, it's it's a lot of other places too, but that's where our public square is now. That's where we are discussing things. And I feel like leaving a void there uh, allows it to be filled with garbage and with no sort of mediating voice. And so I feel some sense of obligation when someone posts that Jimmy Kimmel is a pedophile to say, hey, that's actually, there's no evidence. There's no, that's not true. That's a crazy internet conspiracy. Here's the article that sort of breaks it down. Here's the, you know, here, here is the, the piece that writes about how these things develop. And here's the thing that, you know, Here's the article that says that Kimmel's not on the Epstein list, and everyone says that he is. Like he's, he's not. That's a fact. The facts are important. I felt some sense of obligation to be a voice for what we know to be true. And again, I know some of these things are debatable, but broadly, some of the facts are known to be true, and they should be part of the conversation. And so I was doing what I thought to fill that void and man, people got pissed and I was accused of every possible awful thing, including pedophilia. That's how the civil society has broken down. Like I stand up for a guy who's running a pedophile ring in their eyes. So I'm probably on the Epstein list too. Oh, okay. 
All right. I guess we can't have a civil conversation. I mean, and some of the things people posted were wildly irresponsible about vaccines and the different stories of pedophiles in Hollywood. And I, eventually I just decided to kill the comments on the, on the memes just because they got so crazy. And it, I mean, again, I, I understand everyone wants to have a voice and I'm, I'm for that. And you disagree with me on my memes 99% of the time. Fine. You have a political take. I don't love that, but it's fine. It's welcome at some level. Uh, but also we're not a political discussion group. It's a football joke page. And I think it really took away from that. And it got so mean spirited and so uh, atrocious that I just like deleted the comments. And then I got a couple of, I got one note in particular that was like, Hey, you know, uh, I love you, but if you're going to post a divisive thing and then not let people have the other side, then that's an unfollow for me. And I kind of, wrote a long response to that and it made me think I, like i get that point so ultimately i just deleted the memes too it's like all right done now that didn't need to happen on twitter or on instagram or on tiktok but on facebook for whatever reason uh it went crazy and got divisive and eventually i was like stressing about it and i was worried about it and i was trying very hard to make thoughtful responses and in the end, do you really change anyone's mind? Is there is there a voice that's in the room that is actually useful to be there? I don't know. I don't know if any of that is true. And uh, in the end, it made me uncomfortable and unhappy to have it have this sort of conversation. I mean, it's just screaming at each other uh, online. So I just deleted it and moved on. I think that's the right choice, but man, it's debatable. And it sure made me feel weird all the way around for all the reasons. So anyway, uh, I strive to be non-political on the All Pro Lines pages. Occasionally, you know, like this week we did a joke. Uh, there's a couple of jokes that are a little bit partisan. Uh, but I think a little bit's fine, you know. And one of the points I made was on the thing, like one of the guys was like, yeah, you can say you're non-partisan, but you're not making fun of. And then he had this giant list of Hunter Biden and, but you know, <laughs> It's like, none of those guys are quarterback for the Jets. Uh, they're not football people. That's why I'm not writing jokes about them on the football joke page. And, an example that I had, to me, the most partisan, harshest joke I've ever done on all pro lines was uh, Teddy Bridgewater would be a great nickname for Ted Kennedy. That's referencing maybe the one of the biggest names of the Democratic Party in all of its history. Uh, a death, the DUI, a half-assed cup. I mean, it's a pretty awful joke and it's pretty one-sided. Nobody said shit. I think we should be able to joke about things, even if they're somewhat political, as long as they're sort of, that's where I, that's where I currently sit. And I know that you can move on either, you can move up and down this line and whatever you land on is defensible and fine. But my current position is, you joke about the Ted Kennedys of the world because they're the extreme and they kind of transcend partisan politics. We can accept that that was a story that was really yucky and we're going to reference it. And, you know, you could kid around about Biden stumbling and not getting the words right. And you could joke about, you know, all right, here's a joke we did from this week. Uh, the Cowboys got bounced out of the playoffs faster than a book from a Texas library. All right. You could argue that's a partisan joke and we can you're going to get pissed about that and take sides. I don't think, I mean, I think that's sort of the extreme where you go, all right, we can, we can all agree that that's a, you know, something we can laugh about. That's my current place on this. So I understand it's debatable. I'm happy to take notes on this kind of thing. And, uh, we're moving on. I'm like, I'm like Pat McAfee when Aaron Rodgers <laughs> season four of Aaron Rodgers is over. Okay. All right, let's, let's, let's do some jokes. Do a few jokes and we'll get Chris Bowers. Out. The two minute drill. The Cowboys lost. That was fun. Huh? That Dallas game was so embarrassing. The village people have asked the cowboy to leave. Like, we can't. The Marlboro man took off his hat. And 
Turned off his oxygen tank. Woody from Toy Story killed himself. Yosemite Sam started telling people he's from Jersey. This is the second worst day in Dallas history. Hashtag JFK. Okay. There's a joke that upset some people, but that wasn't partisan. That was just like, hey, that's not nice. That's fine. I'm okay with that. That to me is the people going, Too soon. that's not funny. Uh, to me, that's just a groan. That's the social media version of some of the people in the audience are going to go, ah, I know that people are going to laugh. Like, that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. I totally get that. A man was killed. And <laughs> I, I get it. I understand that that's a sensitive area for some people. <laughs> uh, but the Cowboys suck. That's the point here. The Texas border is more secure than the end zone. There's a part that could be, you could be mad about that. I'm pretty sure several people from Mexico and Guatemala scored in this game. See, that could be, you could interpret that as Democrat bashing because that's, but all right. Let's take it easy. These are jokes, everybody. The Dallas defense looked less like Pro Bowlers and more like the defense that they play in the Pro Bowl. The coverage is terrible. You expect better coverage in a stadium sponsored by AT&T? The only hot spot in the building was the coach's chair. Huh? That's a good tag. That was written by a guy on Facebook. Join us, by the way. All Pro Lines Facebook. That's where all the action is. Uh, this game really aged Jerry Jones. At the kickoff, he was only 46 years old. Now he looks like an old man. A Cowboys upset. In the old days, to upset a bunch of Cowboys, you just needed two guys to hold hands. Now you got to have a whole game plan. and You got to hand to the Packers. Debbie didn't do Dallas this good. It didn't look like the Browns watched any film of the Texans. Uh, I'm going to guess. Was it only available on Peacock? Is that what happened there? It's been nine years between Joe Flacco's last two playoff appearances. It seems, it's, it seems, it felt like it was that long between the Browns' touchdowns this weekend. Maybe what the problem was that the game started at 4.30, which for Joe Flacco is now dinner time. Chiefs beat the Dolphins. Dolphins have now lost 11 straight games when the temperature is 40 or below. Yeah, this was below 40. <laughs> what did they barbecue this weekend in Kansas City? Frozen dolphin. Oh, I'll have to get some frozen dolphin on the grill. Frozen dolphin sounds like slang for an erection. Jake Browning's girlfriend really freezes my dolphin. You know what I'm saying? One of the, one of the coldest games in NFL history. This is what they kept saying. It's not even the coldest game this year. The Dolphins beat the Broncos 70 to 20. That's that's pretty cold. Here, this was a cold game. Up by 24 points with a minute left. Jameis Winston faked a kneel down and handed it off for a touchdown. That was cold. Andy Reid's mustache froze. Probably some other things froze too, but I'm not, I'm not looking. The Bills, uh, the Bills asked folks to come do some shoveling in the stadium. Mike McCarthy was going to help, but he was busy digging his professional grave. This poor guy. The whole country was affected by the crazy weather. Pat McAfee told Norby he was going to have Aaron Rodgers on whenever the fuck he wanted, just to get some heat. Huh? I like that joke structure. You should write 10 of those. Do you think it was cold in Kansas City and Buffalo? Check out Detroit. Hell froze over. First Lion playoff win, 32 years. Congrats, Lions faithful. You hung in there. You did it. They doubled The Lions doubled their playoff win since 1957 this weekend. Congratulations, Lions. I, how do you not root for the Lions at this point? I think it's awesome. Patriots hired Gerard Mayo to coach. The reason is now bracing for many years of terrible jokes about Mayo. Headlines, Mayo headlines. Oh, it's going to be brutal. Hang in there. California might ban tackle football for kids under 12. A policy already adopted by the Panthers. All right. That's enough jokes. You get the idea. Ladies and gentlemen, one of the friends of the podcast, uh, a buddy of mine, funny dude. You know him. You love him. Uh, you might know him from the Bob and Tom show. He's been on lots of other things, too. Uh, Chris Bowers, everybody. Hey, what's up, Stocky? How you doing? I only got like 40 minutes of a baby in the oven I got to get to in a minute, so I can't be on here too long. But uh, You got a what? What? A baby in the oven. I'm a Democrat, so I eat babies, obviously. So, you know, that's what's going on. <laughs> Had some trouble, did you? Had a little little, uh, little kerfuffle on uh, all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers. I don't mind a little kerfuffle, but it was like full-on you know insanity. 
you know what's stupid is that's going to make your your whole media presence double. Like when you make people mad at each other and they scream in the comments, the algorithm gives you more whatever the fuck. That it is the- true that more <laughs> comments is good for the algorithm. And so when there's bickering, it's like it sort of adds up quick. If you said something that everyone was going to like, that every single person on the Internet was going to click like, that's the funniest thing I ever saw. You go, A hundred people would see it. If you put up something that half the people want to murder you, then everyone sees it. It's it's just the, it's the dumb system. That is, it is a dump system. It does create, I mean, it is, that's one of the problems that I was trying to, I was actually trying to explain this in the thread, like saying things that are outrageous and even false that are pleasing and off-putting is actually can be very profitable online. That's why, that's why immediately when the story breaks, people fake a picture of Jimmy Kimmel on the flight logs because it gets a lot of clicks. But it's not true, and tr- ultimately true is part of the conversation. I don't know. It's a tricky little universe. I th- honestly, not to overstate it, but I really think this is a this is maybe the greatest threat to democracy we've seen because no one has the same news source anymore. Right. And now we've gone even one step beyond that. Like, there's it's not just a crazy like flat Earth fringe. It's like thirty uh, percent of the people are not listening to news anymore. They're just getting their news from internet conspiracy conversations. <laughs> That's a big yeah. problem. It's it yeah I, I I mean it yeah well, well now I, I think you know AI is coming and eventually it'll sort all that shit out and it'll know the difference and it, whatever. But but uh, yeah. But it, yeah, it's, 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 it's the, it's, well, again, it's just, it, and what's weird is how many people take advantage of this thing and they make people get people all riled up and angry. Cause that's what gets you more followers. Because again, yeah. your show, your, whatever those memes were went to 50 times to a thousand times more people in their feeds. And every time people got angry, it showed it to other people who are prone to get angry because it knows it would, and it shows it to people on both sides to keep it going. It's just a whole, you know, the, the fact that we decided engagement is what matters and not truth is what is the problem yeah so, i, I don't yeah. want to give too much attention to this but let me just ask you one question if you're if you're running the all pro lines page what do you do do you, do you stay out of it and let them bicker with each other do you get in there do you do you end the comments do you pull the meme do you what do you what do you what do you, what do you call I, I, stuff like that? Whatever, look i try not to contribute to the problem so whenever i have a thing where people are getting nasty to each other i just shut the whole thing down I go, okay this isn't what this was about this is a joke about onions i can't believe we're this mad <laughs> you know what, I mean? like, so what the fuck are we talking yeah, about? Made, You're I crying like a lib. Yeah, that's right. I made an onion joke, and now we're fucking someone's Hitler. I mean, shut the fuck up. I'm shutting it down. You guys cannot have nice things. <laughs> that is exactly right. Immediately, you're a pedophile. You're Hitler. Can we just have a conversation, you assholes? Why is that? Yeah, that's that's the the go to. But you know, because that's the you know the worst thing you can say about somebody, and there's no you know what I mean, and, and I mean. It, it, it it's is kind of the end of the conversation when you go with pedophile or Hitler. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's like a Hitler pedophile. Like, I don't know. Like, you know, like, would you go back in time and molest Hitler? Anyway, uh, <laughs> hurt his self-esteem so he can't take over Germany. as a child more for this. I don't know how we're doing it. Anyway, uh, it was fun. The Cowboys lost. How fun was that? God damn. I loved it. I only came back for my victory lap. I was wrong about all of my Bengals predictions this year because Joe Burrow got hurt seven different times. But uh, you know, <laughs> well, that's I hard to. You know. I thought Jake Browning might take us to the Super Bowl, and I was like, then what do you do? You know what I mean? Do you trade Burrow or Browning? But anyway, uh, but I did. That would be a nice problem to have. I was on the week before the season started, and I had one hot take that Aaron Rodgers, the guy we're talking about right now, would not make the playoffs, and Jordan Love would. And holy shit, look at that! I thought I was. Like the first day, I'm oh, I had got half this right already. Fucking six minutes in, and then uh, Jordan Love about the middle of the season. I thought ah, I'm stupid, but now nah, that guy, what the fuck? He's good, isn't he? Man, well, it's weird because he's not a rookie. He's been around for a long time. Packers do it, man. They like. Get, How does he suck for the first half of a year that's not the rookie year and then get great? Because I think you got to be in there to actually get. I think he had all the tools. He was ready. It's just like one of those things where it's like now you got to get the speed down. You know, it's like you ever uh, competitively jump rope. No? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, competitively jump. Oh, yeah, of course I did. <laughs> I do it on the sides. My side hustle. <laughs> no, I thought you were a thump jumper. Anyway, the point is you gotta you gotta get take the second to get the rhythm down. 
<laughs> you know, he's kind of, yeah, but like it took him a couple of games to actually get the speed down or they were rope a dope. Okay. I have a theory. I think a lot of teams don't show everything. I think they play their players, but like, I know the Bengals for sure. There's games where we don't play any, we don't use any of our real plays. Like we're like, Oh, these are, these are the Texans or this is the, the Panthers. We're going to just beat them anyway. So let's just use our basic, our base offense and not show anybody film. Do you think anybody does that? Think people rope a dope and like hide shit. There's probably a little bit of that, but I mean, you you don't want to overdo it. You might not get to the, where you show it off. Right. (laughs) Maybe I'm saying like the teams that like always have this, that, you know, I'm just saying, I think the Bengals, the first time they play the Steelers, the Browns and the, and the Ravens, they don't show them any of their plays and they don't care if they win or lose those first three games. So they can win at the end. And then we got hurt. It didn't matter, but I don't know. I think there's some of that. How stupid are the Carolina Panthers, by the way? God damn, that's fun. They are so dumb. <laughs> I mean, how do you fuck that up that bad? They they not only traded the, the they got they traded Caleb Williams for fucking Bryce Young and picked the wrong guy. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> they could have CJ out, and they essentially traded Caleb Williams for Bryce Young. <laughs> I can't so, believe both of the directions. I can't believe that Stroud is as good as he is. And I can't believe that Bryce is as bad as he is. They're both shocking to me, actually. Bryce, so, what, 5'1", 133 pounds? I mean, the guy's not 5'1". He's, like, shorter than Muggsy Bogues, right? I mean, like, I'm just saying, like, the guy. For a quarterback, he's short. He's not short, short. <laughs> but, yeah, he's he's looked terrible. And the team looks terrible. And the, the owner's throwing drinks on people. And it's a fucking disaster. And the whole – and that's the only – it's funny because – the only good thing about being really terrible in the NFL is you get the first overall pick in the draft and they yep. traded it away. So there was no joy. And every time they lost, it made their pick more valuable, which is even oh, more. Right. Yeah. It was like the... I totally get being the owner and being frustrated. Now here's a question. I get that Tepper dude seems like a nerd, like a real nerd. So I want to, th- I, I really want to know how milk toast and just, lame the heckle was that he threw the drink at you know what i mean oh like, yeah i kind of i thought that too i was Man, like those panthers aren't very good he's like don't say that like i can't i can't <laughs> a good joke like i didn't fucking really burn him it was like something totally lame that he threw a drink i thought at. that too i was like it's like that old the bill the bill burr joke about you shouldn't hit a woman but you, they never tell us what she said right before that <laughs> Exactly. But I guarantee it wasn't even a good heckle. It wasn't even like a call that you could have got. That was so funny. They all he could do was throw, throw a drink on you. I guarantee it's not bad. It was probably something super lame. $300,000. And then everyone was doing the math of what that would be like for a real person. Oh, yeah. yeah. It would be a bucket half. I remember I was at a Colts game once with Jeff George, who's the Colts quarterback or whatever, when he was, when he was terrible. And, yeah. uh, at one time, like we, in my, I, I went with my buddies. It was right after Ron Meyer had gotten fired, the coach or whatever. And my one buddy in college was his next door neighbor. So he gives us these four tickets for college kids. So my buddy was a Steelers fan. So two of them dressed in Steelers garb. We're sitting in the Colts friends and family seats. They're in Steelers jerseys. The one point, the old lady turns and she goes, where'd you get your seats? We're like, oh, these are Ron Meyer seats. She goes, oh, I know whose seats they are. I want to know how you got them. <laughs> anyway, at one point, Jeff George just throws the worst interception I've ever seen. And I stand up and I go, personal foul, number 14, impersonating a quarterback. Ah. <laughs> Penalty, first down. And these two people got up, like four rows in front of us and walked out. And the old lady turned and goes, those were Jeff George's parents, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> and years later, I'm at the Indianapolis airport and I'm standing in line to check my bag. And the guy in front of him had to like change the weight of his bag. So he's like going through it. He's bent over. And the lady goes, Jeff George. And I go, that's an unfortunate name. And the guy stands up. It's the real Jeff George. And he goes, why? <laughs> ah, fuck. You got me. I was, I was making fun of you. Remember when you were a terrible quarterback in Indianapolis? I took my glasses off. I go, you can hit me if you want. He goes, I've heard worse, brother. <laughs> he just walked away. <laughs> Yeah, Jeff George is quite a roller coaster ride. I'm sure he has heard worse. Oh God, especially the he was from Indianapolis, number one overall pick. You know, rocket. That's got to be the toughest situation is when you are a high profile name coming in and you don't really 
live up to the hype or you have these sort of ups and downs where people have good expectations and then you disappoint. It's one thing to be sort of unknown, like, no, you're not on anyone's fantasy team. No one's screaming at you. you yeah, I've, I've always, I've always been fascinated with people who, who about people who almost made it, you know, there's a, there's a woman who was the star of starship troopers. And then that was it. You know, you get one big blockbuster movie and that's now you're back to, doing capital one commercials, but not because you're famous because you actually. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, geez, I'm in, I'm in Hollywood. There's, there's millions of people with those stories around me within an hour's drive in every direction. But but also I had a buddy, I had a buddy, uh, my buddy, Keith Collins is a bartender in Annapolis. He was, went to Appalachian state, was a defensive back, got drafted two picks after Shannon Sharp by the chargers was going to make the team. The last preseason game blows his ACL. And that was it. You know, now he's a bartender. I mean, there's all kinds of guys played triple a baseball, but couldn't hit a curveball. Now they're, sell cars or car, you know, they're right. the best athlete in their high school. They started three years at Auburn and now they're, you know, selling cars because they can't hit a curve. Yeah, of course. Most people who are athletes have some version of that story. But, you know. Yeah. So I'm just <laughs> people that got almost got it, you know, it's so. a tiny little, you know, it's, it's the tiny little t- top of the pyramid that we're watching in the NFL. I mean, all these millions of kids with dreams and most of them don't end with I'm in the NFL now. That's the nature of what it is. Yeah. Do you think do you think uh football now with NIL? I think I think there's gonna be a lot of teams that are a bunch of five and six year seniors that aren't quite good enough to go to the NFL, but will really be a good football program if they stay long enough. You know what I mean? Like with Oh, NIL, that's interesting. You'll get more of these sort of million dollars. He'll make two or three million dollars in college, so he'll stay for six years as opposed to going to the NFL. And now you've got, you know all of or whatever North Dakota states or whatever, I will say no, a different team, but like, you know, whatever team could be BYU could be all seven years. So they're all 26 and they're just fucking killer. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely like, changing yeah. the landscape and we're not, we have no idea where we're going from here in terms of what we're landing on, but it's definitely, it's definitely going to move the power structures away from being good recruiters to, oh, by the way, how much of a bitch is Saban? Fuck you. The minute you can't cheat and buy and you you're not the only guy buying players, you bounce. What a fucking asshole. Well, he is his age doesn't start with a seven. He's allowed to retire. Oh, but I no, but it's definitely part of the conversation because yeah, he, the uh, NIL cheating, money he was cheating this whole time. They were paying the SEC was paying people this whole time. And the minute that everyone can pay and the SEC sucks, he bounces. Go fuck yourself. What well, it's gonna take a while for the SEC to suck, but I hear what you're saying. It definitely under I mean, even if he was doing it all legally, it's undercut the strength of what he did. I mean, I mean look Nick at the Pac Ten could pay people for one year. They had seven teams in the top ten. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because they never paid anybody. The Pac Ten never paid anybody ever out of principle. They were like, no, we're Stanford, Washington. The SEC is like gonna cha- it's changing everything. I mean, it's it's totally part of the reason that Texas is now one of the best and it's going to, it's going to move, you know, power structures towards places with deep pockets and. SMU you know, is good. God damn. SMU is going to be good. They're going to be a powerhouse. Remember that when they could pay back? Yeah. I remember SMU. I mean, yes. It, the stories like that, USC and UCLA. I mean, think about the, the pockets, the, the, the how deep the pockets are of people who like California football teams. If they yeah, get a little bit a Dallas, organized, Dallas oil money. Yeah, I know. Texas oil money. All, all of uh, the Texas teams are going to be a lot better. <clears throat> it's definitely changing the landscape. And uh, and then you're going to have these little these little power sort of pockets with with sort of brand names like a Dion type of guy is going to come out of nowhere and it attract a lot of money and it's different coaches are going to move around and I, I couldn't believe Marvin Harrison Jr. didn't stay at Ohio State. Like they offered him twenty million dollars to stay. Like it's a shorter season, you're getting hit by smaller guys. You're making more than you'd make your rookie year. Yeah, I would. It's definitely that. That's he's he being a star at college athlete, and also they know you're worth twenty million dollars. That's not a little bit of women there, huh? What do you think? Think that's uh, (laughs) that he's getting girls at Ohio State when he's. Son of a pro athlete and makes twenty million dollars to stay. Okay. I just want to be Gronk for one summer. That's all. That's all I want. <laughs> I always wanted to be a strip club DJ for one summer. And I'm assuming that's kind of what I'd like to be, Grant. Gronk. <laughs> <laughs> strip club DJ is a hilarious low rent version of the other dream. It's so funny. <laughs> Come to the main stage. We get Trina. Trina. <laughs> and you're hanging and doing coke with the strippers after and running hey, around hey, the party. Hey, hey, hey. This is your dream? 
Hey, 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 hey. We don't do coke anymore. That's so fucking the 80s. Oh, is it? Okay. I don't know what's going on. The strip clubs. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. All right, let's uh let's do uh let's do kudos. Oh, we you know we got a lot of I I, I skipped a bunch of things because I got so rambly with the Aaron Rodgers thing. That's all right. Um, there's a bunch of comments in here. Hey guys, thanks for being here, Jerry and Ron and Ewan and Ryan. This is great. Andreas Economopoulos is in here. Wow, look at that. Knocking around making comments. Bill Horner and Mike Fullington and Greg Albuchon. I'm just guessing. I don't know. I studied French briefly, but. Uh, <laughs> then you guys broke up. Yeah, it didn't didn't go well. Uh, La Fenetra, the window. That's pretty much all I retained. Um, uh, just do a couple of words you needed. <laughs> let's do a couple of the plugs here. I forgot the plugs too. Our friends at BetMGM. Look at us. We're we're friends with Big Shot Betting's Betting Universe. They have a new offer. Bet $5, get $158 in bonus bets. I don't know how they landed on that number, but that's what they're doing right now. Uh, the links are in the uh, – they're on all the social media platforms in the link tree. Just go there. There's a BetMGM one, and there's an underdog fantasy one too. BetMGM is a little more the mainstream sports betting kind of stuff, and underdog is a little more the fantasy-oriented ones. And They're both legal in most of the states, but not all the states, so blah, blah, blah. Check them out. Um uh, They've got nice offers. The uh, the underdog fantasy one, they'll they'll match your initial deposit up to a hundred bucks. So that's nice. Put in a hundred, you get two hundred, and you're off and running. And bet MGM now, five dollars get one hundred fifty eight in bonus bets. That's a weird one, but that's what they're doing. All right, uh, come see me on the road next week. I'm in Michigan. I'm excited. We put together this this tour a little bit on the late side. I'm doing Jackson and what's basically Kalamazoo and Gaylord. I'm doing North Michigan in january because i'm an idiot uh i am flying in the day before just to make sure i'm going to get there and get around and everything hastings nebraska coming up st louis quincy how much does it cost to rent a dog sled is that more expensive than a a ford focus or is about the same well it depends if you uh if you return it to the same dog sled company if it's one way that's how they they fuck you the the drop fees on dog sleds are You think the dogs can just fucking take themselves back? <laughs> you really want to do it so that you return to the same. <laughs> There's a joke that only com- comedians could love. Uh, Bloomington, Illinois, Springfield, Missouri, Burlington, Iowa. That's the nice theater in Burlington. That's going to be a fun one. The Bloomington thing is a uh, benefit for Steve Hofstetter's uh, little group of help, comic helpers in Pittsburgh. So that's kind of a cool thing. I'll tell you more about that when that gets closer. Um, let's do uh, let's do some kudos here. What do we got? Where's my where's my thing? Where I ah there you go. I'm giving some kudos to Jordan Love, the highest, listen to this stat, the highest quarterback rating in Packers history. How is that possible? His first playoff game, he has a better quarterback rating in a game than Aaron Rodgers or Brett Favre or Bart Starr or whatever, you know, like good for him. Good for him. No one gave them a chance to win this game and they fucking, it was over in like the, you know, middle of the second quarter. Good for them. Yeah, it was when I was at work and I looked up and it was 21 nothing. I was like, what the fuck is happening? This is amazing. I know. Like, and then blink 27 nothing. Yeah. And then hmm. and like you can't even blame Dax. It's like it wasn't even the, I mean, the defense gave up before. I mean, you know, was there no defense? What's going on? It really was surprising because all year long we've been talking about the Dallas defense and the you know Jack looks good and but the Dallas defense is scary and good and they were not good at all this week. I don't know what happened. Um, so good for Jordan Love. Kudos, man. Yeah. Uh, Want to give some taps to somebody? Uh, C.J. Stroud just throws a pretty ass ball. Was he not? Oh my God! Like he it, does. It's just a rope and just beautiful and. <clears throat> 
Yeah, how stupid are the Panthers? Oh my God! Uh, but you know, so that, <laughs> you know, he, he just—it's—it's it's amazing what a what a quarterback can do. You know, like the, just one change there just changes everything. You know, so uh, and then uh, what? Joe Flacco had four touchdown passes, right? Just two of them were to the Texans. So that's uh, right. I had I had the over on Joe Flacco touchdowns on uh, on uh, on uh, uh, the. What's the? I just I just plugged it. What am I? Underdog fantasy. Yeah. And he hit, he threw two to the other team. I was like, ah, they're not going to count those, are they? Yeah, oh. They count as completions. Those you know, fuckers. Don't they? No, they do not. They're incompletions. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> See, and then and then you got to give. I will say the last. I mean, although the games are dogs this week, except that giant that 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 Rams Lions game. What a cool story. I didn't realize how much I was going to care about it till the end. You know what I mean? But like, I remember my dad living in Detroit and Windsor for a while. And I, you know, I've got a lot of friends that are, you know, Midwest guys and, and Lions fans. And I remember when the Bengals hadn't won a playoff game in 27, whatever years it was, or 30, whatever. Right. So, <laughs> you know, the, that, that, that Stafford goes back to Detroit. You're like, oh my God, is Stafford going to finally win a playoff game in Detroit, but it's against Detroit house, you know, just heartbreaking would that be, but he played great golf played great. The defense played. I mean, it was a great game to win by one point to, to finally get that monkey off their back. And, you know, I mean, the, for Lions fans, they gave their quarterback up and saw him win a Super Bowl somewhere else. And then, you know, but then Goff is the guy that wins the playoff game instead of Stafford. It's a really good story. It was pretty I cool. agree with everything you just said. It was beautiful, beautiful to watch the, the storyline of Stafford coming back. And yeah, it was cool. And and Goff, I mean, people forget like Goff was in a Super Bowl. Goff was one of the one of the fresh new faces of the NFL. Like he was slinging it and doing well. Right? Number one pick or number two pick, something like that. Was- I think he was number one overall. And some and somehow the the you know the word on him was that he was good but not great enough to win a Super Bowl, and they just traded him away. He was basically a salary cap dump. Uh, and you know, I was always rooting for him, and I love that he's been good for the last couple of years. And they now they could even build a team around him going forward. Like it's kind of cool because it because you thought at the time when when the trade it was like, oh, they're gonna have to just eat their lumps and hang around with Jared Goff for two years and they can move on. So good for him. I think it's great. It's it's a cool story. And they showed the dude in the the 80 I think he's 89 years old. He's been a season ticket holder of the Lions for 66 years. (laughs) It's like wow that poor guy. (laughs) Jesus. Yeah. But you know it's it's uh it was impressive. It was cool. I was happy for him, you know, because because my biggest fear a couple of years ago was the when when uh, Roethlisberger retired that the Steelers were going to sign Andy Dalton and then win the Super Bowl with Andy Dalton and every inning and every single since the Bengals they would have to commit suicide in unison. <laughs> <laughs> it's pain at the end of World War II. We just all be like, all right, the Steelers won a Super Bowl with Dalton. We're out. <laughs> That's you can't you can't come back from that. So. Yeah, your team's lined up to be good for a while. It's, it's fun when that happens. So that's that's cool. All right, let's do this. But now it's time for which comes first. Oh, yes, it's time for which comes first. Now tell me, will this happen before that happens? It's time for which comes first. I was wrong about one of these earlier, too, in the season when I said the Bengals would win the Super Bowl before Bill Belichick left the Patriots. So I was wrong. Oh, that's right. You got a chance to you got a chance to make up for it here, which comes first, a Belichick hire or a Falcons coaching hire. And of course, you can go choice C. Those happen at the same moment. <laughs> oh, you think they're going to hire? I would. Not I don't think that's going to be the answer, but you never know. I would not hire Belichick. I don't. I I I think he's done. I think it's over. I don't think he ever wins has a winning season again. Maybe I'm wrong, but. I just think he's a defensive coach. He doesn't know how to do anything on offense. He's a terrible drafter. He wants all the power. He's the older you get, the dumber you generally are because you believe everything you've ever done is genius and you don't learn anything anymore. I just think he's, I wouldn't hire a defensive coach. Like I'm not worried about the Bengals losing Lou Anaromo because I don't think anybody's going to hire a defensive head coach ever again. I mean, Demichael Ryan's is an example of one that's doing well, but like in general, all the really good coaches are offensive coaches. And when you have a defensive coach now, that's, I mean, that's how you won 30 years ago. That's how you win now. You need to have a you need you need to have an inventive offense that can fucking make some differences, some plays and stuff. You can't just have, be good on defense anymore. I don't know. I wouldn't hire. I mean, some stupid team will hire Bill Belichick, but he won't be successful there. He'll it'll be Jordan with the with the 
output for the Wizards. I hope you're right. I'm rooting for that to be the outcome. But he's got so much gravitas and such a name, and there's so much thirst for, you know, high-profile big names and people who could be great. And I, I think he's definitely going to get a job. It's just a matter of where and when. I wouldn't I, – I, I, I agree with I, – his age starts with a seven, and the kids he's coaching age starts with a two. I think that's such a big gap now that I'm not sure he's connecting with the players anymore. I, mean, I, I just thought he has the offense. He does not have the offensive brain to do what Shanahan and those guys are doing. He just, you just can't, you got to have some sort. I mean, look at last time. I mean, McVeigh is, just, I mean, McVeigh took that Rams team with nobody and, yeah. you know, almost won a playoff game because he's just that good schematically. And you have to be that in this league now. You can't, you know, and I think so, you know, two be, people figured out what Bill was doing would take out your best player and do a different game plan each each team instead of having their standard defense. I mean, that's was novel. Now I think lots of people do that. So um, I don't know. I, I would say, so you're, someone is going to hire Bill Belichick. Yep. I'm going to have to say, yes, he gets hired before the Falcons hire their coach just because they're going to fuck that up somehow. And that's, that's too long. So uh, I don't, where's Bill go? Where do you think he's going to go? Dallas, Dallas or San Diego have got to be a couple of the top choices, right? Oh, God, San Diego's too. Yeah, they're stupid enough to do that. God, yeah, <laughs> you imagine Justin Herbert with fucking Their coach has not done them a service for three years. They're 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 happy to get something new and oh, why they not? They need to get rid of that guy for sure. That guy was, he was uh, a coach and, was, and their defense is terrible. So um, now now here's my question for your Falcons: You think you're going to? Get Justin Fields. What would you think about that? I would love that. He's on my short list of things I want the Falcons to do this offseason. Yeah, that would be great. I think it'd be good for you. I, I I want Fields or Cousins or one of the top four quarterbacks in the draft, and maybe three. Penix really looked terrible on the on the championship game. Uh, I want Brock Bowers. Uh, to go to the Bengals just because his last name's Bowers, but also I think uh, with uh, oh, you get a Bowers Bengals yeah. jersey. That's pretty dreamy. Yeah, and then uh, but I think he might be the next Kelsey or Kelsey Light, and Burrow with a really good tight end would be amazing. <laughs> so that's that's you got to trade up for him. He's not yeah, available. He's going eighth or ninth. It might be sooner. Yeah, I mean, who's the only? There's only like five that would definitely be. Maybe four. They'll definitely be ahead of him. There's the two quarterbacks for sure, and then Marvin Harrison. And then there's one lineman, I think, that's super buzzworthy. He's yeah, going to be up there somewhere least, between four tackles. and ten. There's at least two tackles going in the top ten. I think there'll five quarterbacks go in the top ten because a bunch of these teams are going to trade up like dummies. So there's seven, eight if, with Harrison. So he might go ninth or tenth. Could would I'm thinking we trade Jake Browning in our first-round pick for somebody who needs a quarterback and has got the ninth. I'll take Jake Browning if it's not too expensive. He's great. He's yeah. the he's the 29th best quarterback in the world. Yeah, I would agree with that. And he, <laughs> and, he, and he works real hard, you know. So I will say I was at a I was at a Bengals bar in New York and uh the game that Browning when we, we played the Colts that whatever that weekend was and Browning got a thumb cramp and he had to go out of the game because his thumb cramped up, and A.J. McCarron came in. Uh. Like this guy wait, we're back here? No! It was the saddest, funniest thing I've ever seen him react to a group of 100 New York, New York Bengals fans watching A.J. McCarron run on to be the quarterback. <laughs> and Ten years after we were trying to get him to beat him. Wait, was the Karen the one that Musburger was drooling over his girlfriend? I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. so funny because Browning had the drooling girlfriend this year. So that outfit, wow. Oof. Oof. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, I think Bell checks the answer because he's going to be higher on the tier, and the Falcons won't sign him, and he'll go to one of these hot shot spots, and then the Falcons will. Who do you think the Falcons are going to hire? I don't know. I was discussing this with my brother. I realized I don't know all these sort of coordinator guys. I can't keep up with all the info. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, what you want is a, like you said, a McVeigh type, a Mike McDaniel type that's coming up. How crazy is it the commanders or the Manders, as we call them? The Manders at one point uh, had 
McVeigh, LaFleur, oh, right. and Shanahan on their staff Shanahan. and still sucked. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like when the Browns had Saban and Belichick and were terrible. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's just institutional. The Falcons had Mike McDaniel during his drinking days. They had to, they're the ones who had, had to sit him down and uh, tell him to stop drinking. <laughs> really? Yeah. They talk about it in the, uh, the in season hard knocks, which I highly recommend. Actually, it's great. It's yeah. uh, it, what's here's what's always dri- driven me crazy about hard knocks with the preseason. It's too much fluffy stuff where you go on, go to a museum. <laughs> Kids, I don't give a fuck about their children. I don't give a fuck about your kids, right? I, I agree. So the in-season one has less of that. We have children. Yeah, okay. It's so a little more X's and O's than the preseason one. And it's just so as well produced. Season one and the one guy's wife was pregnant. So the whole thing was about how she was going to have a baby. Yeah, like, I, I don't, don't care about your wife. Football, I, I get away from the idea of baby. I know. It's... <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point. We watch football. <laughs> we don't want to hear about children. That's why we watch football. Come on. <laughs> Your kid's a five-star recruit. I don't give a fuck about him. Stop it. <laughs> I'll come to born. I'll come to his graduation. Between that, I don't want to hear about it. I, don't I always get it. nervous when I wholeheartedly agree with one of your takes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I didn't like about the quarterback show on Netflix. It was all about their kids. I don't care. Yeah, about their it, was, it was too much. I have the same complaint, right? It was too much about the other things. I agree. I get it. People want to hear the full story and the thing. I, I want less of the full story. I want the X's and O's part. Oh, I don't mind the full story. I just don't like children. I mean, you can tell me about your college <laughs> mom and like. I don't, care, I don't give a fuck that your child's four. He's stupid. I totally get it. I struggle at school events because I care about my kid and I don't care about your kid even a little bit. I, I don't, I can't sit here and talk about your kid. I, I'm going to lose my mind. Well, I, I would I, rather I, just run pa- and jump in the about, dumpster. T- parents feel about children. They feel about congressmen. They're all terrible, but mine. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's like that's true, and it is, and it's the only way that the species could survive. Because <laughs> if I cared about my kid at the level that I care about your kid, that my kid would never make it. <laughs> I've always been puzzled by the gap. Like I really like I I literally can't listen to an extended conversation about someone else's kid. I just it just makes me insane. Like why would you think I care? Stop it's it. like watch. It's like watch. It, like, this doesn't happen anymore. But when people come back from their vacation and show you slides of all the fucking shit they saw in Italy, it's like motherfucker. <laughs> I don't care what your vacation picture is. <laughs> I wasn't there. <laughs> oh, a picture of a church. Shut up. Any of this? Totally agree. I get it. Now, the other version of this is my wife would wake up and tell me about her dream. Like I can't. I don't care about your dream. I don't want to hear about. And like excruciating detail like just i wasn't there i don't care i'm not interested yeah she's mad at you because you were a dick to her in her dream that's the my favorite part well i'm a dick when she's telling me about her dream that's for sure (laughs) no wonder i'm not married sure yeah yeah oh that's a whole other i can't imagine being mad at you ever i can't even i can't even like that's what's so funny like your your whole opening was like for the first time in my life, people were mad at me for a minute. I don't. I didn't like it at all, guys. So stop being mad at me. I, <laughs> I don't like when people are mad at me. That's true. Long, nice dude. Like, because you. By the way, I, I didn't see any of these comments or these memes, but I know you weren't like fuck it. Like you were like, hey guys, come on, it's a football game. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, I definitely started that way. But that's that's another hostile. thing about it. You were hoster like, and back at these people, tell them to shut the fuck up. You were like, hey, I see your opinion. Probably. I got a little pointed by the end. I have to say, yeah, right. That's the other thing. Like, not only do I not like that this kind of thing is going on, but I don't like how I get when I'm like involved. Like, I don't want to be upset about anything. It sucks. Ugh. I tell you what, I stopped literally like I don't know. It was probably right around Black Lives Matter last year. I was like, you know what? I'm done arguing with people online. I just don't do it anymore, like ever. Even if someone says something egregiously stupid, because it's like, here's the thing. Even either side, even if one of those people on either side of your post said something that was so fucking brilliant that we all changed our minds one direction. I said, you know what? I was wrong. You were right. Aaron (laughs) Rodgers is a dick or isn't a dick, whichever one. 
Right. You know what? It changes nothing. Nothing matters. Nothing changes about the vaccine or not the whatever the whatever you're arguing. <laughs> everyone on the internet agreed. It doesn't change our fucking drug policy. So who gives a shit? <laughs> Why do we I, argue for that makes I, no? I hear I have to say as a student of democracy, like I was studying democracy for a living. I was going to teach American government. I, I have a, I have a master's degree that specializes in American elections. I was going to I I do have a sense of you have to engage in the public sphere, especially when you're a voice of reason, because your absence just uh, just leaves a void for lunatics. But I agree with everything you said too, and I you can't yeah, I change I, anyone. And even if you did, then what? Yeah, it's it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, it's it's just it's a tough. I mean, look, I think we're gonna figure some of this out eventually. That like, I mean, social media is a drug. It's literally like we've all been done crack for twenty years. Now we're like, oh wait, is that bad <laughs> for you? Like this is exactly what happened to cocaine in the eighties. In the eighties, everyone did cocaine, and like ninety seven, someone was like. I think this is fucking us up. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we did with social media. Like you can't. It's, and, and by the way, we talk about why it's Facebook because Facebook is thirty years older demographically than all the other ones, right? Yeah, and yeah, yeah. It definitely are, skews older. The older you are, the dumber you are. Just generally, you have more wisdom because you've lived a long, around longer, but you have less knowledge because you there was less knowledge to learn, right? Like. There's, you know, there's 50 more, there's 50 years of shit I didn't learn because I'm 50 that, you know what I mean? Like that, that now if you're, if you're 10, you learn 40 extra years of shit we didn't know. So, you know what I mean? Like whatever. And so now we're back to your crazy takes where I'm like, I'm oh. saying, like, the, the, like the, 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 the reason Facebook was that because they're, they're all 60. You can't argue the, the, the boomers were taught to believe everything you read. You can't give a generation of people that was taught to believe everything they read the internet. It's just not going to work. <laughs> <laughs> That's an interesting perspective. <laughs> they don't have the cognitive ability to, to know the difference. You know what I mean? Like that's the, or like when I hear something crazy, I go, well, that's not true. You know? <laughs> well, let me tell my dad one time, this is, this is a perfect example of the show. This is where my, so my dad's 75 or 76 or whatever. And we were at, this is right before the pandemic. We were at, it was when uh, James Winston was still a Tampa Bay Buccaneer, right? And it was like week eight. So it's week eight. And uh, uh, my dad goes, oh, you know, James Winston has 70 interceptions this year, which leads the league. Uh, (laughs) And I go, well, that's not true. And he goes, what do you mean? I go, what do you mean what I mean? That can't be true. He's like, (laughs) why? And I'm like, it's week eight. He'd have had to throw 10 interceptions a game every game to have seven interceptions. And he goes, well, he threw seven last week. I go, yeah, that's three less than he'd need every fucking week. And that's that record. I'm like, here's your problem, dad. You did no math in your head. You heard it somewhere. Oh, seven interceptions. So we, we went home to his house and we rewound the pregame to where somebody on Fox said, he had seven interceptions since he entered the league, uh, which leads the league. Above. Well, my dad didn't hear that part and then right, did no right. cognitive fucking thought and wandered into the world and started telling people this thing as if it was true. Right, I'm like, right. you at least have some sort of ability to, in your head. <laughs> did you read it? No, I don't have to read it anywhere. I know there's no fucking way he could have seven interceptions right now. It's just not possible. And because your brain doesn't understand, that means you shouldn't have the internet. <laughs> You can't do basic math to understand that's not real. Yeah, his his big year was that the joke was 30 for 30 because he had 30 touchdowns and 30 interceptions. That was one of the worst interception years on record. Right. Yeah. You couldn't have seven interceptions by week seven. You just couldn't. You certainly wouldn't keep getting the job. That's what I'm saying. There's just no way. But my point is he's a boomer, and so he did no fact check. He just heard something on Fox and went, you know what? It's like Stop it. That's not. You don't even get 10 possessions in a game unless you're throwing a pick every time. That's exactly. Again. hilarious. <laughs> all right. Let's close that with a quiz that I think you'll find interesting. All right. All right. All right, kids. Put your thinking caps on. It's quiz time. The five coldest games in NFL history. Okay. We just saw one of them. Yep. 
Where were the other four? One was at Riverfront Stadium. Uh, it was a playoff game uh, against the Chargers. The Ice Bowl, I think it was 1981. Um, number two. This is impressive. This is, why, this is why I put this together. When I saw that one of them was Cincy, I was like, Cincy? Since he doesn't belong on this list, forty-seven man, it was bananas. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was crazy. That was eighty-one. Uh, I'm assuming there's got to be one in Green Bay at some point. I don't know what. Yes, there, correct. There, there one in Green Bay. Um, I'll tell you, I went to an Oilers Bengals game when I was a child, where like there it snowed so much, it was negative thirty degrees. There was like snow. We like. Our feet were in the snow. I've never been more cold in my whole life. Like when we got back to the minivan to drive home, it was like the coldest I've ever been ever. But I don't think that was on the list. Uh, let's see. We'll go. We'll go. So we got one in Green Bay. There's five. You said one in Green Bay. One of one in Cincinnati. We'll go with the one who just was in Kansas City. That counts, right? We're, we're yeah, yeah, yep. That's Three. number four on the list. Number four. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say was Minnesota. You have an outdoor stadium, right? I'm assuming there's one maybe in Minneapolis and Minnesota. That's correct. One. Um, like seven in the seventies. I'm assuming before uh, before they had their they got their dome, and then I'm gonna go with uh, this is a dark horse, but there was a, a 1987 Tampa Bay. Went, it was negative 65. It was really weird. <laughs> really weird. It was this from a, your dad. This is one of your dad's dad. facts. Yes, this is dad. Dad facts. Dad facts. Tampa was Tampa negative. Bay. It was minus 65 one day. <laughs> no, it wasn't because there are palm trees there, and palm trees <laughs> prove that it never freezes. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna uh, give you for real. For real, uh, uh, let's let's go. Let's go. One in Philadelphia. There's probably one in Philadelphia. I imagine it's real cold. I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you this. I'm gonna give you this because your first four answers are the four answers. Minneapolis was twice. Oh, so okay. I'm gonna say you win. I can't. I can't believe you got this right. This is very impressive. So Kansas City. All right, here we go. We'll do it in order. Ice Bowl, Lambo, December 31st, 1967. The championship game between the Cowboys and the Packers. This was pre-Super Bowl, right? This is the pre-Super Bowl era. Yeah, yeah. They played on New Year's Eve. The actual temperature was minus 13. And then, of course, the wind chill was some crazy minus 37 or whatever. <laughs> That's the coldest game in NFL history. January 10th, 1982. Cincinnati, Chargers, Bengals. So it was the 91 season. You're exactly right. I'm very impressed. The Bengals won and went on to the Super Bowl that year. It was minus nine was the actual temperature. And then, of course, wind chill is some crazy 27. <laughs> uh, Seahawks at Vikings, 2016, minus six. The number four coldest game ever we just watched. Chiefs home game against the Dolphins. Against the Dolphins. That's really rude to have that team be in the cold. One of the coldest games ever. That's Yeah, yeah. And then Bears at Vikings, 1972, week 12. I mean, it was early in the year. It was December 3rd. It was minus two actual temp at kickoff. <laughs> so two of them were in Minnesota. One, of yeah. course, Lambeau. How crazy in baseball is this, too? How crazy is it we, that we are so invested in this sport that is so just the, the, the conditions and the field can be so wildly different given whatever week to week. You know what I mean? Like in basketball, it's pretty much always the same. You know what I mean? That that whole thing from Hoosiers, the height, the rim's the same and the free throw line's the same as it is our gym and Hickory or whatever. But no, in baseball, like, oh, sometimes the pole's 250 yards out on right field. Sometimes it's 500 feet. You never fucking right. know. And then we play this game all summer, and then the and then the and then the playoffs are in negative ten degree weather, and then the Super Bowls in a sunny place or a dome. Like it doesn't make any sense, you know. Yeah, it like, is weird when the, some of the Buffalo, things we've accepted, the constructs are odd. To, to get through New England or Buffalo for years, you have to go play in this shitty weather that only only they are good at, and then right. they, and the Super Bowls played in in sun. It doesn't make any sense on some level. Like we should just make football's too expensive and too important. We should make them all domes. It should all be perfect, the exact same field, and see who the best team is. Well, that's uh, the 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 fantasy footballers is one of the podcasts I listen to. I like a lot. And they have this ongoing argument that, you know, all games should be in domes. They should all be. It's ridiculous that we have this sort of Buffalo thing that's going to happen today. It's going to be kind of fun to watch. Uh, but I and I agree with the argument. And yet 
I love the cold weather games. I love a good snow game. I love that it's weird and that it's a little bit different. I just want them to score 45 I love that some of them are natural turf and some of them are are artificial and some are this and some are that. Yeah, it's just so weird that it's just this multi-billion dollar sport and that the the conditions can just – I mean, like, you watch that Texans game, you know, where, like, literally it's just the conditions are perfect. They can just hit – Right. And then the next thing – it's so cold. Patrick Mahomes' helmet cracks in half. Like geez. I agree, it is. It is kind of crazy that we accept that, especially that it's playoff time. Like this is the game yeah. that decides whether or not you get can, you can get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's uh, wind chill minus thirty. Good luck to you. Hang in there. It'd be, it'd be like, <laughs> oh, in Minnesota, you're not allowed to use your left hand. We do everything one handed here. That's how we play it here. Like what? <laughs> yeah, no, here you can't use your left hand. You just it's all right handed stuff. And you it's all different here. Handed. You know, it's like why would you change all the rules? just for your city well that's how we do it you know we've never we've never been <laughs> well that's how we do it <laughs> well what do you root for who do you what do you want to see going forward well what i wanted to see initially as a bengals uh, hater was i wanted to see the browns and joe flacco beat the ravens in the afc championship game to go to the super bowl and then have the browns beat in the super bowl by baker mayfield and the, and the buccaneers i thought that'd just be funny to have both teams that gave up on their quarterbacks <laughs> beat all by right, those all right. But uh, we live on. that's going to happen. But I'm saying uh, at this point, um, I would like to see Josh Allen get to the Super Bowl. Yeah. I really, like I think the Bills, as a as a fan base, deserve it. They're really good. Fa- oh, by the way, can we talk about how terrible Colts fans are? By the way, that Shane Steichen <laughs> guy brings that that shitty team that's terrible has like three good players almost to the playoffs, and they're all over him. Oh, fire that guy! It's good. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's a offensive genius, and the Colts fans are so spoiled, rotten idiots. I just they're they lose they're their tough, man. Or and they could not be. I mean, Peyton Money at Manny won eleven games a year for twelve years in a row, and they couldn't have been more mad at him. They're just the worst. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I'm rooting for the Bills. I think um, I think the Lions are a good story, so I'd like to see the Lions win another playoff game. Um, you know. Uh, but the, I think the Bills is who I'm rooting for overall. Yeah, Bills and yeah. Lions are easy to root for. Yeah, I mean, who else? Who else is left? The Niners are fine, you know. I'd um, like to see Lamar Jackson win a Super Bowl. That'd be fun. See, I'd like to see him die in a bus crash. If I'm being honest, uh, I, I I do not like that. I hate the Ra- I, I like the Steelers more than I hate. I, I hate the Ravens more than I've hated probably anything. You're a you're a Bengals guy. I understand. Yeah, not that. It's just they just uh, just they're they always are. I just never think they're that good than they are. It pisses me off. I you know, it just it's, it's like, the opposite of your team. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's, it's just kind of I hate good management and a well-run organization that keeps sticking uh-huh. around. They're good decisions. Yeah, yeah. Who needs that? They're fucking in your in your division. I get it. God. Yeah. So even when we have a good team, I mean, I mean, this thing. We were nine and eight. And we're last in the division, and the Buccaneers are nine and eight in the fucking playoffs. It's it's it, that's also kind of bananas the way the divisions work. You know, it's just the, the yes, you know, I agree. Juggernaut. I, I think we should. I don't know. I, I. But also, I like I said, I like I like the idea the idea of rele- relegation. I like uh, kicking teams out of the league. And, <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> well, I think I've said this in the past before, but I really the, the rule I would institute in all professional sports is as an owner, if you don't make the playoffs for 10 years in a row, you have to sell the team. Those are the rules. I love that. That's one of your best rules. And I said, that's great. Cause the owners invested too. If David Kepper's going to keep throwing drinks on people, you better make the playoffs dude, or you're out. You can't be keeping yeah. decisions. Yeah. And you're going to make a billion dollars or $8 billion. So it's not like you lose any money, you dicks, but yeah, you can't. That's continue. right. <clears throat> yeah. But eventually enough with you go away. All but right, man. Where do people find you? The commanders are going to hire Dan Snyder as their coach. That's weird, right? <laughs> I thought I thought of you when uh, uh, Chick was complaining about his coach situation. <laughs> he said uh, he he said anybody but uh, but the one we got now. You know, we'll we'll take Arthur Smith. And immediately, my head was like, I was thinking of your joke. We got Dan <laughs> Snyder in there. <laughs> that would be so funny. Just hire him, just to fire him. You know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> just a fucking just a little fucking. Uh, at Bowers Comedy, you can find me, uh, Instagram, fun Snapchat follow. I just get drunk and wander around the world. And at Bowers Comedy, all that shit. And, uh, 
Awesome. That's all I care about. Thanks for doing this, buddy. It's good to see you. Have a good time. Good seeing you, man. Hope you guys uh, get what you want in the playoffs. Enjoy it all. We got two games today. That's kind of fun. Monday, two playoff games. Yeah, we're presenting it's we're, we're presenting it's a fun Sunday fun day. We're gonna we're gonna eat food. People come over watch football all day. What are you doing? Awesome. I love that. I'm gonna sit here and write jokes. I gotta I gotta write ten memes today. What do you mean? I'm working. Oh, I, th- I thought you were off the memes. I'm off from one subject in memes. <laughs> For now. I'm not giving up on anything. Long I will run. say Kimmel's line where he said the only two A's on Aaron's report card were in Aaron was a fucking great line. It's a good line, too, right? His response, that was a great line, but whatever. <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.